Hey everybody, welcome to the Basis Points Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. I'm pleased to have as my guest today, Roberto Perley, Head of Global Policy at Piper, Piper Sandler and former senior staff member at the Fed. And Roberto is joining us today as we're going to talk Fed talk. There's a, certainly a lot from what we saw last week and believe it or not, three weeks to go before the next Fed meeting. And please note, I'm a registered representative of Foreside Fund Services, LLC, and the discussion is not tied to the offer or investment products, and unless expressly stated otherwise, the opinions, interpretations, or findings expressed herein do not necessarily represent the views of any Wisdom Tree or Foreside affiliate. So with the intro in, Roberto, welcome on the Basis Points Podcast. It's great to have you. Kevin, thank you very much for having me. It's great uh, to talk to you again after after a while. Thank you. Yeah, so, you know, I, I unfortunately, somebody at my age, maybe I don't know if I should be on Twitter or not, but, but I am. And I, I recently saw, I remember a graph of yours that was discussing Fed funds futures. And, and this is something that I've been talking about a lot. I mean, I, everybody always focuses on, oh, we've got 200 more basis points of Fed rate hikes this year, and and certainly that's that's what the focus is, right? The implied probability for Fed funds futures, and you know the question is, what kind of a track record do they have? And 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 this graph that you had, I believe you refer to it as the hairy caterpillar. I was hoping you could share with our audience a little bit of what that hairy caterpillar means and shows us. Yeah, well, the the, the graph is called a hairy caterpillar because uh, it looks just like a hairy caterpillar. So if you can picture the, the actual trajectory for the funds rate is the caterpillar and uh, the expectations that the market has or had at any point in time are the hairs of that caterpillar. And uh, uh, as you might imagine, uh, these hairs are very different, very, they stray very far from the body of the caterpillar, meaning that uh, the ability of the market to predict where uh, the Fed will set the Fed fund future, sorry, the federal funds rate uh, um, in the future, is uh, is pretty poor. It has been pretty poor historically for the past uh, almost uh, 30 years, ever since we have data on futures. And um, yeah, so so to answer your initial question, I think the market that has a very poor track record of uh, of predicting the Fed. So, I mean, do you think so? I mean, I'm looking here at, at some of the latest numbers on it and, you know, you see a reading of a little bit over two and a half percent to end this year. Do you think the the market is being a little bit too aggressive for the Fed or do you think the Fed is going to look at that and say, hey, the market's giving us this runway. It's, it's you know, maybe maybe let's go with it until the market pushes back. Well, there is always, uh, uh, you know, some um, um, interaction, if you want, between what the Fed does and what the market expects the Fed to do. Part of the market expectations are driven by the Fed, by the Fed Fed communication. And uh, and yes, you're right, right? Sometimes the Fed says, hey, you know, the market already expects this. We may as well do it. Uh, so it's already priced in, doesn't cost as much. Problem uh, is that uh, at, this, at this particular time, the market is uh, expecting the Fed to raise rates uh, above, or actually well above, uh, what is what constitutes neutral. Neutral is that level of the funds rate that neither accelerates, neither stimulates nor restrains the economy. It's kind of this uh, idyllic equilibrium, if you want. Problem is that uh, historically, 
when the Fed reaches or exceeds neutral, uh, the economy always uh, uh, enters recession, or at least has entered recession in the past. So there is a cost of tightening policy a lot. So this time around, precisely because of that reason, I think the Fed would be very cautious in, uh, in, uh, in, in raising rates as much as the market thinks, unless it really has to, because inflation continues to remain very, very high. And at that point, the Fed says, well, uh, whatever the price is, even if the price is a recession, we may have to, uh, you know, to raise rates a lot. But uh, I think uh, short of that, I think the Fed will be reluctant to do as much as the market thinks. So that's a, that's a nice segue into, into what just happened recently with the Treasury yield curve, specifically the two-year, 10-year spread. It, it, it went inverted for, I guess the expression is for a cup of coffee, a very short period of time. And, and now we're, we're basically went all the way back uh, to where we were about a month ago, uh, a month or so ago. And I thought it was interesting that one of the primary reasons here is that we've seen a run-up of about 35, 40 basis points in the 10-year Treasury yield. And it seems as if one of the catalysts of late was comments made by Vice Chair nominee Brainerd, where she was talking about quantitative tightening or QT. So for those of you listening, it's it's basically the opposite of quantitative ease, where the, instead of adding to their balance sheet, they're actually letting their balance sheet uh, run off. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, she used the phrase um, with respect to the balance sheet runoff or QT at, as using at a rapid pace. But she spoke about, you know, when they were talking about rate hikes, she used terms such as steadily or methodically. And I was just wondering, I, I had some other conversations and, you know, is there a chance getting back to those Fed funds futures that maybe the Fed is more methodical in raising rates and they use their balance sheet as sort of like that complement so that perhaps maybe they don't have to be as aggressive on the on the rate hike front what do you what do you what are your thoughts on that well normally yes right so th that's exactly the way the fed would think about it say we we we're using two ways of tightening policy one's rate hikes the other one's the balance sheet and so, uh, you know, one substitute for the other, right? If I do more of the balance sheet, I need to do less of uh, less rate hikes. So that's a normal way of thinking. Problem this time is that again, you know, inflation is very high, and and, uh, and the Fed is getting increasingly uncomfortable with uh, you know how high it is for how long it is remaining high, and uh, it's it's really worried about uh, inflation expectation. So the, the possibility that this high inflation will translate in high inflation expectations for the future, therefore higher inflation for a, even a longer period of time. And basically this kind of spiral, right? Expectations, higher expectations, higher wages, higher prices, still higher expectations, still higher wages, still higher prices. So they want to avoid that. And, uh, and so for that reason, uh, they have sounded more and more, uh, uh, you know, hawkish, if you want, in recent weeks uh, and months. And I view Brainerd's speech, the Brainerd speech that you referred to, as part of that pattern, like verbally tightening policy uh, to try to uh, contain potential uh, potential further increase in inflation, inflation expectations. Uh, you know, what they end up doing at the end of the day, again, depends on what inflation does. Uh, if, uh, if it moderates, like it should, right, uh, um, in the months ahead, well, then the Fed will be less aggressive uh, than they signal that the market expects, because again, they don't want to uh, cause uh, uh, economic trouble. 
right? But uh, <laughs> if inflation refuses to come down, uh, I think uh, you know Powell doesn't want to be uh, to be remembered as a chair that uh, uh, led to a resurrection of inflation, right? Like we had in the 70s. And so I think the Fed will do what it has to do to bring it down. So I remember, you know, going back under the Alan Greenspan era, if I'm not mistaken, he referred to looking at CPI as akin to looking in the rearview mirror. So based upon what your, your comments just there about looking at the inflation numbers coming up, is there any concern that if CPI um, continues to remain elevated, seven and a half, eight percent, but then to your point, it does moderate later in the year. I mean, do you think there's any concerns that the Fed would could be fighting yesterday's battle if they're responding to the inflation numbers, if in fact it is like looking in the rearview mirror? Uh, Kevin, yes. So there's always, always, always that risk, right? So you, you, you have to do policy in real time. Uh, and ideally, you want to do, policy, to do policy looking ahead, right, based on where inflation and other variables are going to go in the future. But the only thing you have to inform uh, your opinion of the future is, uh, is the past. Right? So, yes, you have leading indicators, but there are always data that, are, are, that already happened. Right? They refer to something that already happened. And so it's very difficult uh, to do monetary policy. But, yes, the, you know, the risk that you mentioned uh, is... Is always uh, is always there, and I think you know the best that the Fed can do here is try to minimize uh, the potential consequences of uh, of being wrong. In other words, uh, look, right now inflation is very high, and the Fed has to sound aggressive, and it is sounding sounding aggressive. But uh, I think at the first sign that inflation is really moderating, well, then the Fed said, well, maybe yeah, I was really fighting. Uh, um, uh, yes to this battle and so I, I better I, I'm better off uh, slowing things down here but again they need to see some uh, uh, some concrete signs that the data today or tomorrow whatever it will be are slowing down in order for them to become a little bit uh, less hawkish so so using your crystal ball don't worry I'm not going to put you too much on the spot here that <laughs> that here we are sometimes I like to think of things as you know holidays or, or timing like that so here we have Easter um, fast approaching so I mean if we were to have this conversation and I hope we can by the way uh, a few months down the road let's just say we're talking in the summertime we're getting together we're having a nice little barbecue and I ask you Roberto okay here we are with Fed funds Let's just say, for argument's sake, they're 100 basis points higher than where they are right now. Um, do you think at that point we'll be looking at the Fed funds futures market as being right in their current expectation? Or do you think that perhaps the Fed will be less aggressive? I'm not going to say more aggressive. Um, I'm going to say, you think the, the Fed funds futures market will prove to be somewhat accurate, or do you think the Fed maybe will be a little bit less aggressive on the rate hike front? Because, you know, remember from our old days on the trading floor, you know, everyone talks about one way. This is kind of like the other side of the trade. Nobody's talking about. Is it possible that the Fed perhaps does not raise rates as aggressively as what's priced in currently? Yes, I mean, it's absolutely possible, right? And what you need uh, to, in order to see that is uh, just inflation that uh, slows down, right? So right now, the Fed has a still a pretty aggressive forecast for core PCE inflation about four plus percent by the end of the year. Uh, if we end up seeing anything less than that, 
uh, well, then the Fed uh, will be less aggressive, right? So uh, you know, policy is made based on forecasts, and, and uh, if the reality turns out to be uh, more moderate than the forecast, well, then, yeah, the Fed will raise rates less. Now, I would say this, though, you know, so you, you asked, uh, well, so in a couple of months in the summer, uh, you know, where will the funds rate be relative to current expectations? I think uh, uh, at such a short horizon, I think the market has a decent chance of actually being right for the next few months. So the Fed will raise rates aggressively, probably 50 basis points at this next meeting uh, in, in May, probably another 50 basis points in June. Uh, and after that, you know, we'll see what happens, right? So at, at that point, this should be clearer if inflation is or is not coming down as we expect. Um, so if it is coming down, and then I think the Fed will slow things down, the rhetoric will change, well, they will sound more dovish, they will do less than what, uh, than what they're telegraphing right now. Uh, but again, I think for the first uh, few months, I think, uh, yeah, the, the next uh, couple of 50 basis point hike are, hikes are pretty much uh, uh, baked in. It's after that, I think, uh, you know, there is a chance the Fed does less. I, I think that's the ideal spot to put a bow on this podcast. That was perfect. Roberto, once again, thanks so much for, for coming on. Roberto Perley, head of global policy at Piper Sandler and former senior staff member at the Fed. Hope to have you on again in the future. Absolutely, Kevin. Thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated. Thanks, everybody. And that'll be a wrap for this week's Basis Points podcast. Have a great rest of the week and be well. And before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully.